here is go back 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 Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately Weekly Podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who tune in every single week to all these episodes. You guys are incredible, incredible people. Uh, I always call you the misfits, right? The outliers, the nonconformists, producers and artists and creatives and creators and innovators and designers. Um, I always say, too, um, definitely out of the box thinkers. You're probably often looked at as like, why would you even consider doing that? Well, that'll never work. You know, what does that even mean? Uh, I get you. We get you. My guests get you. Um, been that way m- like my whole life. And I, I just, I truly uh, appreciate the entire uh, audience and all of you guys. Your loyalty is amazing. 6.2 million downloads is incredible. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you guys for the ratings and the reviews. It, it just it means a lot uh, and such an incredible community. And for those of you that are newer, and we're getting a lot of newer listeners, um, it's nice to meet you. I'm Matt Gottesman. You can find me on Instagram at Matt Gottesman. Uh, I answer each and every single DM, text, reply, response, you name it. I have been since I've been online, period. This is a community. So I love the fact that we interact a lot. And, um, and again, for those that are newer, Typically, you know, the, 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 the basis of the, the podcast was that I had seen in, in media a lot that there's a lot of glorification and glamorization of success and metrics and numbers and, you know, who should be featured and all this stuff. And I, I just don't think that that's accurate. I think success is a, a very arbitrary word to be defined by you in your body of work while you're living here, which might actually change throughout the course of your journey. I think it's a culmination of who you are in this world and how you serve. And so to me, at least that is the embodiment of success. And so we have a lot of conversations, whether um, solo episodes or with amazing guests who talk about what are they experiencing in real time while they're building in their body or bodies of work? Um, and you know, what are they realizing about themselves and what does their journey look like? And it humanizes the entire creative or entrepreneurial experience versus thinking it's got to fall into some sort of a box, which you guys know by now after about six years of doing the podcasting or 10 years online, you guys know, like, nah, we don't, we don't play in boxes, you know? So, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you. And we've got another incredible guest, um, who I, you know, I I came across his work within the last year. And uh, his name is Chris Dyer, and he's an, an amazing, a soulful artist uh, and creator and um, now an NFT phenom in my world. He's very humble, uh, and I really appreciate him. And, um, you know, we're going to be talking about art being, you know, a way to express ourselves, convey our messages, our truth, transpire the world, um, you know, as well as, you know, as, the awakening that I think that we're experiencing both as individuals and, and in the world in general. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of our, our personal evolution, the, the bigger evolution, and we're also just going to flow. Um, but, you know, just give you a quick background on Chris. He's a, a, like I mentioned, an incredible soul, high intentions for humanity and himself. 
uh, man on a quest for elevated consciousness through natural life experiences and introspections, a medium of the great spirit who opens his vessel and tries to let go of the temporary complications of his ego mind. You guys know how I feel about this. Uh, student of life and true soul skater, despite all the falls. Grew up in Lima, Peru till the age of 17, uh, where he engaged in such activities as surfing, banana board, skateboarding, and a uh, violent soccer fanaticism uh, with his ex-street gang, uh, Sepulcro. And uh, he moved to Canada to do art college and tranquilized his uh, vibration thanks to his experiences like tree planting. Uh, he's now based in Montreal, where he continues uh, his journey to self-realize. Are you in Montreal or are you in Denver? I'm everywhere. I'm yeah. a, a political refugee these days. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, well, we're going to get into that. Uh, I was like, wait, hold up a second. Hold up a second. Because <laughs> uh, if he wants to share the political refugee part, we will. Um, but his main objective is to do his part in raising humanity's consciousness. If you guys have seen his work and seen him talk, you know, you'll get it. Uh, immediately and according to all spiritual paths and even quantum science we are godly beings that create our own reality you guys also know how i feel about this especially in the last few podcast episodes we've been diving into this on uh, delivering positive images to the youth and um you know also via skateboard graphics he produces and beyond is a powerful that can manifest a happier reality for all of us and he ended up getting into murals um and uh and then a generative art on uh, the blockchain and so we're going to kind of dive into all this, but um, he's done work with many other skate brands in the past, Santa Cruz, Tory Movement, uh, Think, Vans, Skull Paradox, etc. So, um, and then uh, from his fine arts career side, he had solid solo and group exhibitions in Peru, Mexico, Belgium, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Paris, Berlin, New York, and across Canada, you know, just to name a few countries. Uh, he also uh, had a hardcover book published by Schiffer Books uh, and a coloring book by Last Gasp. So we'll get into maybe those if he wants to share those. And, uh, you know, just appreciate having you here, man. Like, uh, I love, I love how your vibe and the, just the way that you always talk is like very much from the heart. And I just appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate being on your show. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I mentioned before we started, um, the first question is the only one that's ever the same. How, like, there's a lot, like you had some incredible experiences. How did we get here? Like you can go as far back as you want you know um but i would love for you to share kind of like you know a little bit of the the progressive steps that got to like you know where you're at now as a you know and where you're living and everything so right um well my life has had many stages <laughs> and uh it's hard to think where it started i remember like i was like five years old we had just arrived to peru from canada and i kind of like just stopped as a five-year-old and I was like what's going on right now like who am I and what am I doing here and what is this experience of being a human and I didn't have an answer to it but I remember stopping and, and at least trying to grasp what was going on in the in the human experience um, I guess I was born a, a an expressive artistic being for good and for bad because going to a private all boys school in Lima, Peru, it's all about playing soccer and being good at sports, not drawing and being artsy. So I was pretty much a loser, but I was doing what I loved and I'm happy I continued doing what I loved as opposed to conform to what society tells you you should do in order to fit in and make money and all that shit. <laughs> and uh yeah i've had many stages like I, i'm still an artist of course and i'm living off it i'm happy i do but also life is not just your activity or your career 
it's the stages of development to find yourself. And I've had to go through like dark tunnels and chapters in order to find who I'm not, like being in a street gang, as you mentioned, and uh, being a drunken bastard and just a uh, this you know person who enjoyed destroying things uh skateboarding shenanigans and such but then through that i i guess like what kind of like turned me back onto the positive path was uh going tree planting in the north of canada and connecting to nature and doing psychedelics and uh just connecting to the spiritual side of chris which was always there beneath it all mm -hmm. all the layers of crap we throw on ourselves <laughs> And I've been uh, uncovering ever since, uh, most lately through shamanic ceremonial uh, paths. And uh, yeah, and art is always there at every step of all those stages as a way to express the, the journey. When did you notice that um, art was going to have a profound, um, you know, imprint on, the, on your future? Like, you know, I feel like a lot of our talents at a soul level we know them and we're kind of even if we're dipping in the toe very early on when did you have this kind of like no this is um it's okay like i'm okay with the non-status quo like non-conforming to like nah you know you guys worry about that stuff but i'm gonna do this and to the point of like also the confidence of like no this feels really right like this is this is this is this makes a lot of sense to me right um i guess like as early as 16 years old mm. It was clear that I was not very good at the normal stuff. Like, <laughs> not that I was that great at art, it's that I sucked at the rest. <laughs> um, you know, maths and writing and science, all that shit bored me. I just wanted to draw and make like books and sculptures and shit that I know he told me I could make money from. And all the adults are telling you like, hey, the goal of life is to make money. So w when my parents told me they had to send me to Canada to study, I was like, well, maybe if I do animations, I like cartoons a lot. So if I do animations, I could get paid and do art at the same time. Uh, fortunately, uh, once I got to Canada, I wasn't accepted into the animation schools. I wasn't good enough at uh, anatomy and classical art. So I had to go to do fine arts. And then through fine arts, I saw that I could express myself better than say me drawing Homer Simpson sitting on the couch like all day long for somebody else's joke. And I don't know, like art was just always my thing. I guess I was, was going to do it no matter what, broke, successful. I got to do what makes me happy. So, uh, but I think if you like follow your bliss and you do what you love, you get good at it and then you succeed. And then, you know, abundance also comes you know, to complement that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, and abundance doesn't necessarily mean overnight. And I think sometimes people, you know, to your point, it's like, do what makes you happy. It'll lead into your mastery and your mastery will lead into the abundance. And there's not really a set time limit in that. The other thing that I was thinking when I was, I was listening to you talk, it's interesting, right? So um, first you have the adults telling you, you know, well, these are the things you should be doing to make money. And that didn't resonate with you. Then you try to get into the schools run by adults <laughs> who are determining that if you don't do it this way, then, um, you know, uh, we're not accepting you. And it's kind of ironic and funny because you're like, but is that really art? <laughs> is that really like the values of why we're doing art in the first place? 
Um, and so, and, and no knock on adults. I mean, we're all adults now ourselves, but what is even an adult anymore? I think it's like, I think everything's about character and behavior, but, but I just, I thought it was interesting. Um, thank God in a weird way that you weren't accepted. Um, because when we're not accepted, we're really only forced to discover like who we really are and what we really want and how to do something differently. And that's how the world has been made up throughout centuries of people figuring out how to do things differently. Right. And um, which I feel like by now, shouldn't we be celebrating that more? You know, right. I, I guess like, you know, being rejected sometimes like it creates wounds, but then it also creates the desire to fix those wounds. Yeah. And, and then by fixing them, you make like an extra effort to go deep and, and yeah. you know, do that repair and then you find like tools you can share with your tribe so they can also repair their wounds and then yeah. that's how we make the world a better place one individual at a time I, I love that i i and you know once i also got to a place where i'm like it wasn't a rejection as much as a protection i'm like what do you see what do you see like that mm. i don't that i don't know and i started once i started having that like mode of operation I started like, oh, I'm cool. It's okay. No, no, no. You, I get it. You, I, I may not be. You guys don't want this or no problem, no problem. And in the beginning, they would. Some people would be like, I can't tell if you're mocking us or not. I'm like, no, I'm so grateful. Like, if we're not aligned, like, thank you, you know. Yeah, um, because of the protection of like, I might be not supposed to be here. You know, where am I supposed to be? And so that um, beautiful allowing to kind of keep moving um, and stay adaptable and flexible. Uh, and open, you know, for what is. Um, and to your point, you know, having the tribe to be like, hey, guys, like, so this just happened. What do you guys all think? Let's share this, you know. And then it's interesting how that in itself grows as its own movement, as you've seen online, as I've seen online. <laughs> like, we're going to talk about this. Um, yeah, it's uh, for me, like, the, the main lessons I've been getting uh, this year and lately through the medicine is just surrender to yeah. whatever happens, accept everything is good. Yeah. Everything's good. May it look bad. So just go with it and know that that's exactly what you need at that time. May it be what you wanted at that moment or not, you know? Yeah. That divorce looked terrible at the time it happened, but now I'm stoked it happened. And, and, you know, you just kind of like flow with it all and stay in the space of gratitude. I want you to expand on surrender because you and I both know that uh, some, well, I'm, I shouldn't assume about you, but like surrendering is, uh, can be a, a process of a, a big process of letting go, a letting go a lot. I would love for you to explain kind of how, you know, that progressed for you. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, <laughs> especially if they surrender, um, into the wrong things, <laughs> and then they're like, I tried surrendering. I'm like, that's a different kind of surrendering. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Surrendering is not giving up. Like, right. Oh, I don't give a shit. Whatever happens, happens. Like I, I'll still try my best, but if the universe will still bring me some results, I gotta listen to it and know that that's what I need. There you go. Like with the NFT uh, situation I just did uh, with the Galactic Gang, there was an ambitious uh, number, and at points the number wasn't selling as quickly. And that made me very nervous. And of course, I wanted to sell out the, all 5,555. And, you know, of course, I was going to try my best to tell everybody about it and make it work out. 
But if the universe made it that it didn't succeed, I was ready to just surrender, let it be, and it say like, okay, maybe this is not for you. Let's go on another path now, and and it's all good. And just me continue being in the in the place of gratitude for everything it did bring me. In the with, the, I mean, that's a great example right there, right? Um, but you, the the cool thing is there was no you didn't create any resistance to something new. You're like, let's try this. And let's see where it goes. And even as it was happening, uh, a surrendering to like how, wherever it'll it'll turn into. And well, uh, now your experience with NFT, you didn't have experience with NFTs before this. And from a technical standpoint, right, that was a lot of that stuff was new. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's so many photographers and artist friends of mine right now, especially with re- like like you, great communities, great following that are like, ooh, I'm not really sure. I'm like, listen to me. <laughs> I've been fighting for artists for 20 years. We're finally in a place where ownership and community um, and you know economics are all kind of coming together and value and creating value. You don't have to be dead now <laughs> as an artist, you know, and um, it brings community together. That was that was a brand new. That was like a stretch season for you in a way, a mini one, right? Right. Well, I had done a couple NFT drops previously okay. this year, okay. but they were like small runs of like 22, mm-hmm. asking very little to start with. I, I'm a, I'm a well-respected artist that yeah. has longevity. I've done lots of things, as, as you mentioned before, but I'm not going to come out and play a new video game and be like, hey, everybody, here I am and <laughs> give me all your money. That's not my vibe. So I just went in like, okay, here's a little offering. It's quality. There's few of them and they're cheap. So they sold out right away. And then they started uh, getting flipped and traded. And, you know, I make my cut from that too. Mm -hmm. But the value went way up. It went from like, uh, I think we, my first NFT, I offered it at like 500 bucks. And by now it's at like 15,000 or something like that. So that was nice. Like, it's not like I'm making the, the money, but it's like the people are dictating the value of my offering uh as for this newer um nft series 5555 generative uh uh, profile picture character situation i really didn't understand what i was getting into when i first (laughs) uh got in there um you know i with my team they explained to me and artistically excellent it sounded exciting like oh i draw these things um, uh, the computer mashes it up, new creatures come out. That sounds very interesting. And sure, let's put them out there and see if they sell. Once I got in there and I understand all the intricacies of, you know, and strategies and buying and value and selling out or uh, the floor and, you know, shilling and all these terms that I had to learn and uh, it became a little bit stressful for me because I, I had just realized I had thrown my whole artistic name and career on the line to, you know, as it was like kind of like a double down of like, oh, shit, like here I uh, basically what I was telling you before. Here I am, everybody. I'm Chris Dyer, you know, come and get this thing. And, uh, you know, and it's a world I don't really know if my fans are out there in the NFT uh, blockchain world. But what was cool is like the people who ended up buying into it weren't necessarily my fans. For sure, there was like a bulk of my fans. But then there were people who were like, whoa, what is this this thing? This is really interesting art. 
I, I resonate with this psychedelic flavor he's bringing to mm -hmm. this uh, scenario. And he's doing it differently. Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's, you know, focusing on different things, less on the materialism of let's become a billionaire mm -hmm. and more on the side of like, hey, let's create a little NFT community where we can mm -hmm. all resonate and feel comfortable in each other and see how we can grow from there and make the world a better place yep. in this space. That was kind of like my intention. Like whatever I do, I'll do it with like my vibe and I don't want to conform into like what everybody else is doing. And if anything, when I see what others are doing in the NFT uh, generated space, it's all so everybody's just biting off each other. And yes. that's very uninteresting to me. And I don't think there's much success found when you're trying to be like everybody else. But anyways, if the thing worked out because the community who was resonating yeah to my offering, they all pulled together and they pushed the, the series and then all 5,555 got sold out. And I woke up on the winter solstice in tears being like, oh my God, it's sold out. I didn't think it was possible. And it was done by the people, Yeah, you know? And yeah. not because they wanted to make money, it's because they believed in the project, yes. they believed in the vibes, they believed in me, they believed that this is something worthy of success and growth. So. I'm just super fucking blown away and grateful. I had a, a few people within my community. Um, you were their first NFT. <laughs> they were right. like, it's like, hey, I'm trying to get the mat, uh, the my MetaMask, and like it's minting, but I don't know if it's minting, but I'm not sure if it's is going through. I was like, all right, here, show me via screen right now what's going on. <laughs> they would show me, and then, uh, but it was and it was cool, but because that's the community aspect and there's also the cross community aspect that was happening. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like you almost a year ago. You, I'm, I'm launching my first, I'm a writer, so I'm launching my first few, but I actually attach it to some art. Um, and the community is like, Hey, we want it. I'm like, what do you know about digital wallets and all that other stuff? I'm like, let's make the discord. I will do weekly lives and show you guys what's going on. in like crypto and tech and MetaMask wallet and Coinbase wallet and wallet trust. And you know, it's so like, complicated. Yeah, if yeah. it was simpler, this shit would blow up like so much more, but it's already blowing up so much, even when it's complications. Right. You know, and, um, I, I feel blessed in the aspect that like, so I'm a 20 year vet in, in, in digital and internet. So it's like, I think the exciting, but like our mutual friend, Jason, you know, who helped you guys with the pro with you, the project. Um, it's exciting because from a tech side, knowing what it does from a creative side, I like, like I was telling you before, like, I just want to run to all my artists and, and photographer friends and be like, you guys all post to Instagram. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, and some of that stuff gets used and stolen and pops up on people's websites and all this other stuff. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, and you don't want to look at NFTs. And they're like, well, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And what happens with my art? I'm like a lot better than it does on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I literally been taking like personal zoom calls. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to go through the whole minting process all the way through, um, you know, ownership rights, royalties, all, all this stuff for your, your stuff. And they're like, Oh, like it's, it's that, you know, when they see it and <laughs> they get that idea and, Right. It's almost like you got to jump in the water to Absolutely. learn how to swim, like everything. which is what I've been doing. And, you know, I'm trying yeah. my best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I love the value that um, uh, where even after somebody purchases it from you, you're still developing in your body of work for the mastery and the love and the creativity and the expansion of all of it. 
And so as that continue, you continue to journey and people have your earlier work on an NFT form, the value of that goes up of them holding on to it, keeping it. Yeah, sure. Of course, they can sell it if they want a secondary market. And if they do so, you do well, they do well. Everybody like it's just very interconnected and um, community driven. But like it's nice that artists don't have to, you know, it's like the people holding on to the artists um, creations. It's not like they have to wait until they're dead <laughs> that, you know, something must come of it. It's it really, truly is now like your art and your career and economics and design and tech and community and finance and all these things are merging together because of this new world that we're in. Um, so there's never been more possibility than ever before leverage from from these this new world. Right. Right. Um, something I. I like is that the people who've been buying these feel like they've bought an original Chris Dyer. Yeah. And, and it is because yeah. each one of those uh, images are unique to their own. They got the rights to it. Yep. They can uh, make products from it, you know, as long as they don't sell them. So it's their own thing. And, you know, the minting price was around 300 bucks, which is very affordable yeah. compared to an original painting. Like my original paintings are around like, 5g mm -hmm. average in the lower um sense of it but i don't even like selling them anymore like I've, i'm i'm removing a lot of my original paintings off the market and not only that i'm going and rebuying paintings that i sold years ago to regain my main collection mm -hmm. and have it all in my power so then i can share it uh better you know, down the line, like I've got a long distance dream of creating some kind of gallery or museum where people can just come in and see all my best works. Um, and so now crypto is helping me do that. You know, it's like, hey, can I pay you with crypto and buy yeah. that painting that I sold you a couple of years ago? And they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was I literally have had this conversation three times this week. Um, there's a great uh, uh, on um, there's no online virtual, you know, metaverse galleries. Um, you don't even have to be in the metaverse, just like really great apps that will absolutely um, what they'll do is you connect your wallet. Boom. And all of your NFTs, whether the ones you've minted uh, or the ones you've acquired, all can go into a gallery that you create. And what's so cool is, is that it's like when you have a gallery of all of your work, whether you still own it or somebody else does to the point of like, well, you've got it all there. Like you as the artist, it's all still right there. It's not like just somewhere existing out there in the world separate from you. It's like, oh no, that's a Chris Dyer. Like you can see who it was minted. You can see who owns it, but it still has the, you know, it celebrates the artist and shows the, the owner of that work, if you will, um, you know, as uh, the owner of that NFT. But it, it's interesting how it keeps it all concisely together. So it allows you to kind of like curate, oh, this is my work. It hasn't left me. It's just uh -huh. acquired by somebody else, but still in right. my gallery. <laughs> yeah, I, that's true. I didn't really like think about that because if somebody buys something on online, you can still find it out there. It's still yeah. visible. Well, if somebody buys my painting, I don't know where they're placing it in their houses and yeah. you know, closed door and an address i don't know I, I might never see that painting anymore yeah so it's it's exciting time and um you know earlier you mentioned uh shamanic you know medicine um i would love for you to dive more into that like what got you started in that um what has the experiences been like you know what did you learn um and it, you know for some some of my listeners a good group of my listeners that definitely know what that is <laughs> and then there's then there's a bunch of others that don't um so i would love for you to share you know 
uh, what, why, how, and what'd you experience? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I guess I started doing psychedelics as in mushrooms, mm -hmm. like college, but more for fun. You know, like you get drunk, you eat mushrooms, you run around town, you right. do stupid things. <laughs> but maybe at the end of the night, you have some very interesting philosophical realizations. Mm -hmm. Then I would do them in interesting places. Like when I started traveling and hitchhiking, I would go to, you know, Palenque, Maya ruins in, in Mexico and do mushrooms there. And then you'd have other downloads and really get more into like, oh, shit, I should start meditating and doing yoga and doing this <laughs> thing to connect myself so to my soul. So, um, but I think what you're asking more is uh, my, my work with ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And I actually like stayed away from ayahuasca for many years. I didn't want to like get get into it because I hate stereotypes. I hate being in a box, as you said. Right. Uh, right. Like as a Peruvian who does psychedelic uh, art, so many people would be like, "Oh, you probably got those visions from ayahuasca," and that would really piss me off, or at least <laughs> piss off my ego, being like, "No, I made that painting. I came up with the idea. That came from my heart. I don't need like a ghostwriter psychedelic to give me visions for me to do this, you know, transmission of the soul world." Uh, so I stayed away from it for years. I was, I wouldn't say like even against it, but I, I just don't like fads and like things that are in right. style. Like, oh, everybody's doing ayahuasca. So now I got to do it so I can be hip and do the secret handshake and blah, blah, blah. So I was just like, <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm going to be like, you know, sober. And I was sober for many years, just still doing my work. But then I had a solo exhibition in Lima, Peru, 2013. And a shaman that I'd been observing online for many years came to play music at it. And then he's like, hey, man, you're going to come to the jungle and get to meet Ayahuasca. And uh, and I was like, OK, I guess this time I'll go. And then I had, you know, I went and I did a couple ceremonies and it was a very, very powerful experience that really showed me so much more than mushrooms had ever done or any other psychedelic. And uh I was like, wow, that's amazing. I did it more for like curiosity. I didn't think it was going to be like a thing. And I just moved on. Uh, a year or two later, my uh, marriage was suffering. Mm -hmm. And I actually started smoking weed again, which is not a bad thing. But I was just smoking all day long, mm -hmm. like every day to the point I couldn't stop. And I didn't know what could stop me. So I, I said like, okay, I got to go to the jungle and do a dieta and cut off the, the weed smoking and decide if I want to continue being married to my wife. Uh, it's not working out so well. Should I be a better husband? Blah, blah, blah. And through that work, I, I both, you know, put uh, weed to the side for a while, the little exorcism there. And also I realized I did have to indeed get divorced from my wife because she had physical ailments and she needed a husband to be there to help her out and be like a nurse man and just very, you know, nurturing. Meanwhile, I'm getting invited to like paint and do my art around the world. And I'm like, you're rejecting these invitations to travel and be of service so I can be that good husband. But I, Ayahuasca was telling me like, look, you can like serve and heal one person or you can give away your life that you love and go and serve on the road. And, uh, you know, you will help thousands more people and this is what the planet needs right now so you're gonna have to give up your wife your your house your comfortable you know you know the the box of the life that we all strive for the nice house and the stuff and go out there and be fucking you know 
a nomadic servant uh, again. And yeah, after that, it's, it came to me that I had to go to the jungle once a year, usually at the end of the year, visit my parents in Lima and then go and do my purges. It's like I had to go and take the car to the mechanic, you know, like it's been a long year. Let's let Ayahuasca do the fine tuning, change the oil, get the junk out, remind me who I really am. And from that space, I can start the new year fresh and live from that perspective of knowing that I'm a soul living a human experience, not some kind of like, you know, evolved animal or whatever uh, we see ourselves to be sometimes. And yeah, it's been like seven, eight years working with the medicine. I usually do an average of six ceremonies a year in batches of three. Usually it's in the jungle of Peru, though I couldn't make it this year. And uh, yeah, it's intense. It's like, you know, different ceremonies have different intensities. Sometimes it's just like going to a psychologist and it's like a inner conversation with your higher self, where you're reflecting on different aspects of your life and how you're doing, your relationships with others, how to go about things. Uh, just like an intense mirror where you can't escape yourself and mm -hmm. realize what you got to do to be your best self and to be of service to the oneness of humanity. And then other um, drops or ceremonies just take you deeper into the other dimension that's not a physical dimension anymore. And you just become pure energy. And there you're fully exposed. And the medicine is just trying to break your chains. It's like, let go, let go, let go, mm -hmm. surrender, surrender, surrender. Like if you can't surrender in that space, you have to surrender that space. Oh, you fucking really suffer. You just got to be like, oh, do what you got to do. You know, uh, you know better. And that's kind of like the attitude I have to have in my entire life. Like, okay, God, okay, universe, destiny, whatever. Do what you got to do with me. You know better. I'll try my best still, but all I can do is keep on breathing here. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of really interesting things have been revealed to me on that space uh, about the nature of who I am, who we all are and what this place we live in currently is and what to how to go about it with more ease and knowing that everything is going to be okay at the end of the day um you know god is just expressing the physical realm so he can express so he can experience it through all of us good bad whatever it's all good at the end because he just wants to like live it all through us and at one point he goes back into himself, into the body of the absolute, infinite, eternal bliss. So there's never losing the video game. You know, it's just, you know, it's got different stages and it lasts really long from our perspective. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, so I guess that's like a big summary of my work with the medicine. No, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, time is a very interesting phenomenon that we only understand fractions of. Um, versus the way that the soul experiences it. And, um, you know, it's not linear. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I done ayahuasca once. Um, it was great. It was a great experience. It was a little bit more on the reflective, as you were mentioning. Uh, and the mushroom tea that I did, which was a heroic dose, and, like, oh. administered the, you know, with the five grams, right, and administered, like, with a, the whole Johns Hopkins study way uh, from a very good friend of mine. Um that was a surrendering. <laughs> that was a surrendering. And it's interesting you brought up the, the breath work. Uh, it was about a year ago uh, today. Uh, yesterday? A year, a year ago, I think, yesterday. Um, 
and uh, and thank you and uh <laughs> and but uh you know i moved i moved through because i had done so much work in general and in, in maybe even past lives and so uh it was uh it was interesting to but the surrendering and you mentioned the the breath work you know oh and you just breathe through it and it's true it's like this um, but it, the surrendering of like into an energy, it's fascinating to be both physically in this world and energetically out of your body at the same time and in two worlds at once. That was incredible. And like, <laughs> I remember turning to my friend who administered this for me. He was, he was not on it. He used, you know, a, a trip sitter, if you will, as they call it. And, um, uh, who was constantly taking notes, you know? And, uh, and I was like, what's with all this light, you know? And he's just like, no, actually, I'm seeing it too, man. <laughs> it's like, this is the most light I have ever seen around any individual. It's like unbelievable as an energy. But it does it, it does show you um, that energy of, of surrendering where um, the best way I can describe it, and I think it, from, me, from my experience, which hopefully relates to, to, to people kind of visualizing it for themselves, which is it's interesting how we hang on to things internally in our physical realm, which is obviously where a lot of things can happen, whether, you know, skin stuff to disease to, you know, disease, or I mean, to cancers, whatever. And it's an interesting thing when you start to surrender, you're almost like separating from the gunk that we sometimes like, you know, have either placed on ourselves by ourselves or through others or through interaction or whatever, or the, the material world, the, this physical world. And when you start to remove yourself from that energetically, you can actually feel that. And it's such a surrendering and releasing moment all at the same time because you're just like, and it's almost like if you were to peel your soul off your body, you know, it's funny because when you first start doing it, you're like, this really hurts. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you like finally pull it off and you're in two worlds at the same time. You're like, I get it. I totally get it. And it, it, there's like a huge alignment of like how everything works. <laughs> and I could go on a tear. I'm not going to about the tea, but like it was interesting to go back through the history of interaction with nearly every human being I had and seeing that there's the physical interaction we have with them and there's their soul interaction that's actually happening for us. When they say like uh -huh. life is happening to us and life is happening for us, they say life that is happening to us is usually our interaction and somehow our ego getting involved in however that interaction went down. Life is happening for us and how that soul is actually contributing to us. And in which a lot of cases we put that situation there on purpose because it was helping us get home. <laughs> so right. it was such an interesting like way to re redo the perspective of like, what's really going on, <laughs> you know? And I, I found it, it, I found it very enlightening, man. So, you know, yeah, Beautiful. yeah. So I, you know, it was interesting to, to hear it when you're, when you're talking about it and, um, and now the, you know, the purging, I would love for you, you know, to talk about that side of things because I also don't want to paint this lovingly little picture of like, oh, wow, that sounds very euphoric, Matt. <laughs> I'm, uh, like, I'm like, there's also a purging that, that sometimes uh, comes uh, on and, um, you know, uh, but I would love for you to explain, you don't have to necessarily use your, your own example, but like a purge of like, what does that mean for some people? Uh, you and I get it, but I would love for the listeners to hear, you know, you describe it and kind of like what's happening and why, you know, why, it, why that happens as well. Well, it seems like in this world that we live in, we, we're sensitive beings, humans, yes. especially when we're young, um, and we collect a bunch of wounds and traumas, scars, and develop personalities around it to protect those yes. sensitive areas where we were hurt. 
Yes. And we know that they don't serve us the most, you know, when we go out in the world and we're all protective and don't have an open heart and maybe we got fears that are holding us back from our full potential. Those are all things that also um, express energetically um, in our in our bodies. And uh, once the medicine melts you and turns you into energy, it can identify it and move it around and then wants to get it out there. Some turn into actual entities. I don't know if it's entities that come into you or if it's that that energy turns into like a whole consciousness where it's like, no, I live in this body. I've been here for decades. I'm going to live in this heart. You're not getting me out. And ayahuasca has got to go in there and try to remove it and little by little. Sometimes it takes many ceremonies for it to be weakened down and then removed. But I always enjoy a good puke, you know, when I puke, <laughs> it's like the medicine just sapped some parasite out of me. Dude, the ayahuasca is fucking like electrocuted me and put me in states where I'm just like, I don't know if I can handle this any longer. This is really uncomfortable. And it's because it's trying to like make that dark energy also so uncomfortable in my body that it just wants to get the fuck out. So, <laughs> um so eventually I just explode puke and out comes the demon or the energy or the crap that, you know, it's been there for too long. And I want to just be lighter in my life and just walk around with no fears and just an open heart and know that every other brother or sister is uh, also a version of me and not fear it or, or think that they're out to harm me. And, and even if they did also accept it as part of their process, I don't know, just be open. Yeah. And uh, I just want to be healed and free. Uh, and I and I, I would love that everybody else on planet Earth was on that journey. If we all become open, free, loving human beings, I think what we would create together would be such a nicer composition than what we're doing right now, where we're in the place of like, you know, fear against what's different than you and division and, you know, not understanding or not having even compassion, you know, we're all good and bad. And we got to have like forgiveness for our own bads and for the bads of others. If we don't have that and we're just going around pointing our fingers being like, oh, you're bad and I'm good. And you're the problem in the world. And, you know, if you were just like me, everything (laughs) would be fine. No, let's go in and work with our own fucking crap and to the best of our abilities, because it's fucking impossible to be perfect neither. And once again, we got to forgive ourselves for that but also have the compassion for everybody else around you because everybody is suffering to some degree. And if they act in a wrong way, it's because they're trying to like alleviate that suffering. So I would love if we could all just become each other's healers as opposed to each other's uh, wounders and traumatizers. Um, so that's kind of like how I see the shamanic paths about, you know, and it starts with yourself because that's the only yeah. body you inhabit. We 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 have a lot more compassion for others based on the relationship we have with ourselves. Yeah. And I tell everybody I'm like there isn't a magic formula. It's it's you know, it it really is. It's it starts with you whether you want to do an ayahuasca ceremony or breath work. You're going to have to deal with whatever's going on internally. And and for everybody listen by the way, like the purge that Chris is talking about um like when you throw up and all that other stuff. It's if you could be analogous, you don't realize that a lot of times you're holding in stress. That stress has been cultivated over any given period of time for a particular situation 
and or or concept or narrative in your head that you're hanging on to if it's not good and not to do the whole good bad thing whatever but if it's not like of a of your highest self or your heart it it's and it's negative in some capacity it's it's false but you're hanging on to it and that can manifest into cancer or other diseases or other or bad aging or skin or digestion issues all these things in the internal organs come made physical energy can manifest made physical it's just how energy can work and so could you imagine if you were doing different things to get it out of you but it all starts with dealing with it <laughs> you know you know and i i, I just I, I like the idea of um uh, I was asked to be on a podcast recently and I, I, uh, I said, I was like, I would never downplay anybody's traumas because somebody, everybody has different traumas. Everybody has different traumas and some are very extreme, very extreme. I was like, but the issue is a lot of times I'm like, is instead of just leaning in and dealing with it, we let it manifest into something else. I was like, you know how you get rid of a trauma? I'm like, not to make light of it because some traumas can take some time. Absolutely. But you imagine like just lifting up the bed where it was swept under or the rug and you just say, I'm going to look at you and I just want to understand exactly what happened, how to make me feel, what I didn't like about the situation, what I would have preferred as a different outcome. You know, how do I want to feel moving forward? How do I want to have boundaries with this thing? Let me be honest and clear and directional from it. Let me like not let it rule my world. And you'd be surprised at how quickly dealing with it helps also drive your new narrative like dealing with other people <laughs> just simply from sitting with the trauma or sitting with the the bad memory or or the thing versus being like i'll never want that to happen again all right well why don't we deal with it first <laughs> and then and then it won't happen again or you brushing it aside and not wanting to happen again and then you end up in another outcome that's similar and then another outcome that's similar and then another outcome that's similar mm -hmm. it's an interesting like well what's happening is by not leaning in and, and seeing it for what it is and learning it for, and having a moment, an opportunity, a moment to be an opportunity to serve you. So it's, so I, I like the idea that ayahuasca or breath work or mushroom teas or like anything that basically makes you sit with yourself and be like, Oh, we're going to look at some things. <laughs> and you know, it may not feel so good at, in the beginning, but how long have we been storing it? Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so I think like going deep into that state and at least realizing uh, more clearly what your issues are can then help you step into sober life and uh, mm. deal with them, you know, one step at a time with patience, no rush, you know, and try your best. And yeah, also move out the energies of of the traumas from the past and be like okay that was that experience it doesn't have to take a such a hold on me for the rest of my life i accept it i'm ready to move on and just let it go mm. and yeah i, I think the, the shamanic practice is past ayahuasca you know you got dietas working with power plants that you drink for a whole week mm. or 10 days and learn from these different uh you know, vegetable consciousnesses yes. that have their own wisdom and, and strengths. That's a beautiful experience. Uh, it's almost like you invite into your body new guide systems to work with you. And um, then also, you know, things like Campbell frog. That's mm -hmm. something that, you know, some people would say it's a venom. I just think it's a kind of medicine that, you know, makes your body very sick for like 45 minutes, but 
all that those toxins you puke out is stuff that comes from your deep cellular tissue that's uh, better not in you like um you know it's the true uh vaccine of the rainforest mm-hmm. makes your immune system top shape and yeah. i guess that's something very valued these days so yes i you know i i will go through that hard 45 minutes of puking if after that my body's kick ass clean and strong against the elements of uh of this world um no you know i recently so I had known about Combo for a while, but I didn't know fully how it worked. And a really good friend of mine, um, her and her, her husband were visiting um, here in Phoenix, and we were talking about it over dinner last week, uh, Ruby Freeman, um, who administers Combo now. Um, and she's like booked out <laughs> like for like three or four months. And I was like, wow. explain to me what's happening. you know. And, um, and she said very much what you were saying. And she got, into, she got into the science of it about you know coming from the rainforest and what it does. And the 45 minutes, yeah, may be um, uh, tough, but it's, you know, it's, it's ministered on your skin and then it's going into the, into the blood and what it's doing. It's, it's cleaning you <laughs> and how it's cleaning you out and helping you purge out, um, you know, the, any, uh, just junk inside of us or disease or like a problem, like anything that's you know, not really meant to be in our body. It's actually helping get it out of your body. And, you know, and I know it, it, sometimes I get it, like some people, I'm glad it's becoming more normalized, but I get that the like, the physical world sometimes is so used to listening to doctors, which seem to be losing their credibility. Now, I, any doctors listen to me, I have, it's all good. Like, I mean that in, the, in, in with all respect, we know that there's, there's different various levels of all, of all of that, you know, but there are just, my point being is that there's so many beautiful ways that mother earth can heal us. Um, and we have to be open to that. And I think more and more people are becoming open to that. And the ones that kind of fight that I'm like, yeah, but your other way doesn't seem to be working as much. <laughs> it seems to be actually suppressing you even more into a system. That's basically like, toxic you know toxic and killing you but okay <laughs> so right. you know well you know. it's it seems like the world's upside down in many ways yes and one of those ways is that the modern quote-unquote modern world observes these tribal shamanic natural past as some kind of antiquated primitive way of doing things but they've been doing that for thousands of years. Right. We've been doing our approach for like maybe, you know, a few hundred and it worked for them. And uh, we're totally, or a lot of people are totally disregarding that. And yeah, it looks less fun to sit head in the bucket for 45 minutes, but you know, just put in like, it's like you go to the gym. Like for me, going to the gym is not that fun. It's annoying. It, you're going to be running and sweating and all that shit. Like it's not fun, but then you come out with a stronger body. Same with like something like ayahuasca or combo. It's not that fun, but you come out of it so much stronger. It's worth it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're strong beings as much as we're delicate and sensitive and fragile as humans. We also are resilient and strong and can do these things and we've been kind of like spoiled to be all like oh if you feel bad just take this pill right. you won't feel anything just take this vaccine it's all done now you're all good you don't have to make no effort you know yes we we got you i don't know i kind of like making some effort i like i kind of like making like paying my dues and suffering yeah. just a little bit just to earn that healing that's my personal approach and i don't push it on anybody else 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my choice, I guess. No, I, I love that. I, I I always make it um, a principle never to push it on anybody else. Um, but I'm like you. I like earning it. I love earning it, actually. I absolutely love earning it. And I love um, sitting with it. And I love doing the work of it um, versus um, solely just relying on quick fixes. There are no quick fixes. And believe me, if you try to implement quick fixes, they usually lead to more fixing. (laughs) So, so I, I I just, um, I, I love that, you know, that you brought that up. It's like, you know, no, we can, we can earn it. And when we earn it, we also have a different respect and relationship with ourselves. Um, and when we have that kind of goes back to the beginning of the conversation when we have a different relationship with ourselves we're also going to treat the outside world differently so when i see a lot of people quick fixing and then also judging everybody else at the same time i'm like you don't see it but if you weren't quick fixing you wouldn't be judging those two go are going hand in hand a lot of times and that's you know your point about the world feeling a little upside down it's like you know, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot more complexities in there. Obviously there's a, there's actually a lot of different like complexities all coming together at the same time. You're like, well, it's all kind of been there. Uh, you know, uh, you know, so guys, we kind of tried to have this conversation about 10 years ago online, but (laughs) so yeah, you know, um, so here's a quick question for you. I wanted to touch on, you know, you were saying initially that before you had done ayahuasca and some of the, the, the shamanic practices, you know, you, it was for you it was you weren't sure because, you know, look, you're already channeling your art and creativity a certain way, et cetera. And now that you've done it and, you know, when it was done more for the intention of like more inner development and knowing of Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, but has it like because of what you learned about yourself also then been able to bleed over a little bit into your art in, in some different ways, you know, because our art is always our expression of the growth of ourselves in a lot of ways too, right? Right. Um, I really didn't want to use ayahuasca in that way. And when you're right. in that space and you're having these crazy visions, a part of me is like, woo, wouldn't this be a nice painting? <laughs> the other part of me is like, shut the fuck up. You're here to do some yes. work, not yes. to, you know, yes. see what other, you know, gain you can have in your physical life as in your, your career or, mm-hmm. or whatever. That said, by now I've done like 44 ceremonies, mm. so I'm a little bit more familiar in that space. I'm, I'm more calm now. I'm better at surrendering. I just breathe through it. I observe. It's almost like I'm sitting like the me that's the observer is at the back of a movie theater. And my body is the rest of the chairs there. And then there's the screen. So maybe the the rest of the chairs is kind of like going through a freak out, but I'm just sitting in the back of the theater observing right. everything calmly and knowing that everything will be fine. And in that space, I can observe better that other dimension and be like, oh yeah, you've been here a couple of times now. Okay, do you recognize this pattern or these colors or how it goes in interesting perspectives? And yeah, that could be a painting. And And then the next day I will sketch a little bit in and I'll I'll bring some visions. Uh, another thing that Ayahuasca told me on the first ceremony is like, don't try to capture me. <laughs> I will come, I will come through through your subconscious. Yes, you will do all these paintings. Don't worry. Don't yeah. 
be nerdy Chris on a homework mission to right. do this and that. You know, I I was already living in you before you took yes. me. We yes. were already doing the work together. And I thank you for your entire life, which has been your ayahuasca ceremony. Here we're getting more clearly in If, you know, everything you do, like ayahuasca lives through me. So whatever I do, she bleeds into it, including my NFTs, including everything else has a little bit of that, uh, that medicine that has found a home in my system. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Everything you just said was exactly what I was hoping you would say, because it's like, um, during the ceremony, it's about being present and not necessarily like, don't worry, the creations have always been there and I've always been there and I will always be there. Right now, this is just about you presently in this particular moment and in observation and, and in you know feeling through this exact experience. But don't worry, you don't need it to like jot down notes and then bring it over to your, <laughs> you know, into your creativity because it's always right. been there. I've always been there. Um, and then I like the fact that like, because it's so profound afterwards, anytime afterwards, while you're creating, there's a, like a knowing of like your team, if you will, you know, your, your spiritual team is there working with you even more so than, but you've known it before, but now you even know it even more. And it's just like, oh, it's still working. It, I just like the fact that they were, you were kind of separating and I'm like, no, like, don't, you don't need to use me for that. I've already, I've already, you've already been. <laughs> like you've always, you always have been. That's the whole thing. Like I'm your soul. Like of course. Like thank you for using me. That was right. the whole point. <laughs> you know. And by the way, it's nice to meet you. You know. And uh, you know more. You know more in tune. And uh, you know um, now we can you know play even more as a team together, knowing that like you know you're the medium. I'm the soul delivering through the consciousness into your creation that goes out to the world. You know, right. so yeah, it increases that respect and, and self-knowing and trust, you know, right. so it's beautiful. And I'm super grateful to be working with these uh, different aspects of me from other dimensions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you have coming up? Like, is there I mean, I, I know you just finished like a big project. Um, so decompression is probably happening. But like, you know, anything in, in coming? I mean, it's it's December 31st. So the new year is upon us. Uh, yeah. Well, every new day is a new day for all of us. But I'm just saying, like, you know, with uh, just in general, anything coming up that you're exciting about, excited about? Um, right now, I'm in a very interesting uh, stage of my life because, you know, I'm, I'm 42. Mm. I've been married. I've been divorced. I've owned houses. I, you know, I bought my apartment in Montreal a, a couple years ago. I, I also have an apartment at my parents' land in Peru. But because of the mm, composition of our current world and uh, political choices, um, I'm kind of just like in a weird limbo where I'm mm. kind of like, a, you know, staying in a small basement room in Denver. Basically, it's the house of my clothing brand. Uh, they had an extra room and that's where I'm kind of calling a base right now. But I, I could never say like, yeah, I'm from Denver now and this is my home. I'm kind of like just cruising right now. I'm in Tampa visiting family. I'm just cruising around observing what's next for me in life, uh, including projects. Like I'm quite satisfied with what I've already accomplished in my life. As you mentioned before, like I got a book, there's a documentary, 
now this new NFT thing was a new project and I succeeded and that's a continuing project, but the, the hard part is done. Now it's more fun community activities. Um, I don't know. I've done like a lot in my life and I'm kind of like quite satisfied where I'm yeah. at now. Yeah. I really just would like to kind of like just fuck off and sit and paint really ambitious canvases that might take me like a year or mm. years that I probably won't sell. I don't care about selling my art. I just want to do it to because I have to do it because it's just why I'm here, I guess. That's what I want to do. Uh, but offers come to me all the time, projects and brands and events and fun, cool things. Um, but I really just want to go back to simplicity, you know, find a new home. Uh, I'm still deciding where I want to live, maybe buy a house with a studio, hopefully find my life partner and live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually, it's funny. I, I resonated with that with you pretty strong. I'm 42, <laughs> married, divorced, <laughs> you know, had, the, had, had some things, had, you know, had some property, you know, all those things. And, and it's, it is an interesting time um, to your point in the simplicity, like I've never had, I have everything now. Um, and we're in a weird time where we're it's there's, it is, it does have a little bit of a limbo feel because like, well, technically now I can be anywhere, but the options are a little interesting in what that used to mean compared to now, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, where do you plant roots exa exactly at this point? Um, I mean, I, I love where I currently live because it's, um, one of the more open places, <laughs> Arizona, Texas, and Florida seem to have that in common. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I totally get you. It's, it's a very, you know, it's an interesting time. And, um, and it's, you know, I think that you also, it's great that you bring that up of kind of like not being in a rush to define anything, but to create, be like, let me do what feels like what I feel called to do. Um, and you know, you've also earned to be in a place where, uh, well, again, this kind of goes with the, the catch 22 in a way. It's like you've earned this uh, great road to where you can do whatever you want. And we're in a world that's shifting where that all can be speculative about where that happens <laughs> at the same right. time. Right. So it's a very interesting. You're like, well, I used to be that I was just going to go here, but that has now changed. And I don't know, like if living there might actually end up would I be stuck there? <laughs> you know? right. right. It's I'm just observing right now because right. I fucking love Montreal. Montreal's like my city for the last 21, 21 mm. years. Other than the winters that I avoid, I go to Peru mm. during winters, but then I come back when the weather's nice. It's awesome. And I live in a great neighborhood. I got friends. Uh, it's just like my perfect city. And I always actually avoided living in the States. I'll come to the States a lot and, and work and do my murals, workshops, tour, etc., life painting presentations, etc. But I didn't really want to actually live here. <laughs> and now I'm kind of like forced because Canada got like way crazy. Like uh, in Canada, I had already lost my ability to enter public places but more recently, they removed my ability to take a bus, a train, mm. get on a flight. And it's like, okay, so what am I going to do now? Just sit in my apartment the rest of my life and, you know, not work because there's no work in Canada for me neither. So 
you know, I had to just get in the States and now here's where I, I make my living. And, you know, the States is a beautiful place with beautiful people and lots of options and climates. It almost seems like each state is a different country. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. So, you, you know, there's more options and unlegal here. I got a work visa. Uh, but just I'm just trying to figure out, like, where do I feel the most comfortable um, and also a place that just allows me to be in my options without forcing there you go. <laughs> itself on me, which doesn't make me feel comfortable. No, you know, I, I and I a massive respect to, to my home country. Um, so I've I've traveled to about 120 cities in uh, 40 countries, 30, 40 countries. And I love traveling and I love being in other parts of the world. And over the last few years, not only having a greater respect for Arizona, the state of Arizona that I live in, but also in more recent times, it's interesting because I have my options here. And it's a very, you, you begin to have a whole new level of respect when you realize you have your options um, and they're not removed from you. And when I'm noticing in other countries, for whatever reasons in the bigger picture of how it's all interconnected, um, <laughs> you know, um, including those that might be responsible coming from this country, <laughs> you know, inflicting that into other countries. But it's nice knowing here, um, having a, a, a newfound respect for like, well, I have my options here, which is why people have always kind of appreciated and respected the United States for the, for the most part outside of some of the other behavior that's happening. Um, you're in uh, Phoenix? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm yeah. going to be in Tucson in February for the Gym and Jam activities. Yes, perfect. I will see you then. I will I'll meet you there, man. I, I actually spent uh, high school and college years in Tucson. Uh, originally Look at from, it. Yeah, originally from New York. And uh, it was it was nice. It was um, it was nice. Uh, uh, very spread out and quiet, much of like Arizona, very quiet, spread out. And um, kind of you do your own thing. You You know, it's just very out in the open. It's like desert dwelling but like a city <laughs> you know all of these right. are like cities but very spread out you know and so right. uh, yeah so well i'm from lima which is also a, a city placed on a sandy desert <laughs> there you go yes exactly so yeah you know but um but i but i but i hear i hear everything you're saying and i'm glad you know i'm glad you're with us man like because uh that's uh how you, and thank you for sharing that like with what's going on up there you know i know it's uh it's tough. It's tough when I hear stuff like that. I'm like, you know, it's just it makes it breaks my heart, right? Because it's just getting worse. Like, uh, and this is not like vaccinated, good, unvaccinated, right, bad. Right. Like to each to each their options. Absolutely. Say like, I look at my brother and his family. They're down with the vax and they do their thing. Mm -hmm. And then I do. I look at my ex wife. She's not comfortable with it. She had cancer and she doesn't want it to come back, mm -hmm. so she stays away from it. Um, but both of them right now are on a very strict lockdowns with curfews and stuff. And like people couldn't go and see their families for Christmas. And it's just so exaggerated. And it's all this pressure to get the population to get their booster right. so they can keep on doing what the government's forcing them to do. And it's just it's just not right. right. You know, like not right for a free country where people should take their own medical choices yeah it's, it's just and, and, and that's why i left i left right in time before they started just keep on putting their foot on, on on the people and you look at australia and it's the next level 
like whenever I was like, oh, they'll be a little bit paranoid. It won't be that bad. And then I look at Australia and it's like, oh, shit, it's already mm -hmm. very bad in, on another Commonwealth country. So I better, you know, keep on, just get be light on my feet. I pack all of my possessions. I fucking love my apartment in Montreal. I, I got record collections, toys. I, I live in like my personal paradise. And it broke my heart to have to put it all in boxes and store it in a room and now just live out a suitcase <laughs> just mm -hmm. so I can be light on my feet and continue observing how the world's going to behave and for me to flow where I can allow myself to be authentically myself. Yeah. yeah. It's not about like, you know, me telling anybody else how they should do their thing. Right. I just don't want to be told myself. And, you know, I work very hard at my immune system and at my health mm -hmm. and I feel good. And, uh, you know, it's each, each person's got to choose how they do that thing. Fear is a hell of a drug and it is packaged up and sold. And, um, you know, uh, and earlier when you were saying, like, you know, well, when you work on your health, when you work on all these things, when you earn it, it's a different perspective because uh, the way I look at it, I'm very similar to you is, um, you know, listen, like anybody, you all can make any choice that you want, like, and because I've had to work so hard on my health and my life and my finances and my inner work and everything, it's a different level of respect. So you respect the world at large for making any choices that they want. And at the same time, it's like, hey, to the level of work that I've done, I'm not giving you any autonomy over my work. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not right. how that this works, you know? Um, and so, um, you know, and I think that um, there's a very big spiritual component going on here because a lot of people have not really sat with themselves and they hang on to the identity that they have created and cultivated in this world that should they lose that and I have a lot of empathy for that should they lose that identity then who are they really and while I'm more interested in who are you really they may not be ready for that and so hence quick fixes do what the media says do what this says do what that says go back to normal I'm like it was never normal before it'll never be anywhere close again so like you, sooner or later you might want to sit with just who you are in this world and you can maybe even continue with some of the things that you do just that it may be altered be open to the change and I, I just so I feel like a lot of people want the quick fixes and it's sort of like I if I let go they can't surrender if I let if if what they're saying is true which it's not in a lot of ways but if what they're saying is true and then like and mass you know, and it all goes away. Like, what about all of these things? My titles, my status, all the, the things that I've acquired, everything that I have goes away. And it's like, well, first of all, <laughs> it doesn't have to unless it's meant to, you know. And I, so I think it's a very, it's just a very spiritual time. But ultimately, yeah. I want everybody to feel like you. I want everybody to feel like I want you to do whatever you want to do that just makes the most sense for you. And in doing so, feel very confident in your own decisions. And we should all want that for each other. Right. We got to be honest to our own feelings. Yes. Like my decisions are not politically at all. At yeah. all. I trust yeah. all politicians at this point. Uh, none, none of them are doing it for me in any, neither your country or mine or Peru yeah. or the rest of the world. Politicians just suck. 
Um, <laughs> so I certainly am not here to become their uh, possession, and yeah. they're certainly not my owner. Yeah. So when they're treating me like, hey, uh, you little slave, I'll allow you to keep on going to restaurants. I'll allow you to keep on living a normal life if you do you know, what I tell you to do. And today it might be this thing that we're saying it's for your good, but tomorrow, what will it be? You know, once you enter that system of passports and apps and the government deciding who gets to be free and who doesn't get to be free, that's a super slippery slope and we should not allow it. And it kind of sucks that so many people are not standing up for it, but I think more and more people are waking up to it. And that's, Yeah. You know, that's why they're, they're becoming more and more aggressive. But I think the more aggressive they become, the more they're exposing their true agenda of, you know, controlling the people to the point where we can't really escape their corrupt system. Mm -hmm. uh, I think more and more we just got to realize how corrupt the whole system is and, you know, find ways to redistribute everything again. And again, again, going back to crypto. I think that's a way where people are trying to find their freedom and mm -hmm. uh, abundance through a side situation that was not the 500-year-old uh, Federal Reserve centralized banking system that these you know couple people decided that they were going to rule and make all the you know all the parameters and laws and make money out of thin air and etc. Well, now it's the time for the people to make their own currencies mm -hmm. and give it value and empower each other and create you know a system where we all can help each other and be abundant, not just a small pocket of the population. Yeah, you know, I mentioned I had a, a, a live the other day on, on NFTs on my um, on my Instagram, about 400 people. And we were because I was like, let, let me explain what's happening in the most simplistic way. And yeah, to, to that exact point of yours in this crypto world, um, abundance is exists and it's collective and it's earned. So not collective of like, oh, you know, we should all get distributions. Like, no, we're all working and helping and growing in community and like doing the work. Um, and it's a break from the system, um, you know, and it's a it's a fantastic, um, you know, way to, you know, feel more empowered for the sovereignty and control of your own life. Um, some of us, you know, got a little bit earlier. You know, and then others are kind of realizing like, oh, I'm starting to see all of these things happening in that world. And, and I'm beginning to understand why it might be more important. And so I think it's a very interesting time of like I've said this on a couple of different podcasts now, uh, two paradigms, an old paradigm kind of like fighting, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's in quicksand. So, um, you know, it keeps fighting and struggling, even though it won't go without a fight. And then a new paradigm that's like. We're, we're redefining a new system, you know, that uh, gives a lot more sovereignty and control back to the individual, you know. So it's, right. a, it's an exciting time, but it's also, <laughs> you can imagine the inputs of seeing all of it, especially if you're in touch with yourself like you are, and especially in, in highly sensitive and aware and an observation mode, and you're able to experience the energy of everything at the same time. You're like, whew. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah, a lot, it's right? A lot. It's a right. lot. Yeah, so... This, you this, just gotta, you know, stay afloat, stay in the state of gratitude for mm -hmm. the good things that are still there, mm -hmm. and help every area you can around you, because mm -hmm. every area is 
a lot of people are losing their patience and yeah. strength. So if yeah. you're strong enough to to hold your space in this uh, moment of discomfort, you got to see what you can do to help the people around you yeah. uh, to stay uh, strong through it too. Well, you know, and, and I feel very fortunate and grateful. Um, people like you and I, we started years ago on our own individual transformations or inner work, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so it was funny because as last year was happening, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense and even more sense now, like, you know, thinking about the prep work that, <laughs> that, that started about 10, 12 years ago <laughs> versus like, you know, so when I watch people going through what they're going through last year, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like, all right, you want to yeah. talk about that? Like, how can I help? You know, at, while at the same time, our work doesn't stop. In fact, it actually has been doubled down even more because you're like, I have to keep working on me. Plus all of the energy that's coming from the outside world for those that may not be doing the work. Whew, marathon, you know, so. Um, yeah. But definitely we were we were we were prepared for this longer before without even maybe even knowing it until it happened. And now it's like, all right, well. Let's you know, do the work. Let's, let's keep doing it, and let's and let's hold keep holding that space for others. Chris, this is incredible. I can't believe it's been an hour and twenty minutes, man. Um, I love these longer shows. I'm not quite at the Joe Rogan three hours yet, but the, these shows yeah. keep getting longer, and I love my audience. They all listen to this stuff. And where can everybody find you online and get in touch with you or your work or any projects, anything? Yeah, I guess my uh, social media that I use the most is Instagram, mm -hmm. which is Chris underscore Dyer. Um, I got a webpage, positivecreations.ca, as mm -hmm. in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, I got a web store with my products, positivecreations.net. Um, there's the galacticgang.com webpage with the NFT project. If you want to look more into that, they're sold out, but they're still available on OpenSea on mm -hmm. secondary. Uh, what else can I plug in here? Uh, oh, yeah, I got a YouTube channel. I actually got a podcast of my own called... Uh, Chris Dyer's creative friends where I travel around and I interview my, my artistic spiritual friends. And, uh, yeah. And I'm out there in the world. I'll see you soon enough in, in face to face somehow. Uh, that's incredible, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and just sharing openly, like your journey, the art, spirituality, shamanic, you know, and, and, uh, being a citizen of the world at this point, <laughs> the citizen of a very changing world and being very, <laughs> and a minimalist at that. I, I get it. Um, I'm optimistic, man. Very. Like as much as there's a lot of struggles, very. the end game will be a positive one. Uh, and it seems like the mountain of crap we got to go over is, uh, you know, overwhelming yeah. and impossible, but we got to keep the faith. We got to keep vibrating high and know that in the end, good wins and people will be liberated and the planet can learn to live in more harmonious, loving, respectful way. I love so, that. I, yeah, let's hold that vision. I love that. I, I was asked the other day, they're like, how does this all play out? I'm like, before I answer, I'm like, name me a time in history that dark one. And she couldn't, you know, she's like, it hasn't. I'm like, it hasn't. It can make a mess of some things along the way. But isn't that how we actually make change? Sometimes things get so bad that we get to a point of like, enough. I get it. We got to make some changes and it starts with us, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Right. I was like, dark is never one and greed is not a sustaining 
uh, characteristic. It's emotional. It's a highly emotional characteristic. Greed is not sustaining. And I said, I'm like, you think greed is sustaining because it keeps building and building and building and keeps getting more and more and more and more. But it always sooner or later hits something or someone that is way more powerful and light driven than it is that has way more power in a good way and influence and it will hit just the wrong person or just the wrong situation at the right at the right time and it will crumble its very essence i'm like greed is not a sustaining characteristic i was like so if you can hang on to that knowing that i was like and on top of that i'm like we've never witnessed more people returning to themselves and, and reconnecting with themselves because we've been highly disconnected from everything from media and consumerism and you know marketing and you know not that there's bad things in marketing or in consuming you know goods and services and products but just like just the way it had been and, and you know i was like and just the behavior in general got really out of hand for quite some time and i was like we're just seeing a returning back to connecting to that which we already came in with with our gifts and with our energies and honoring that which we had always long ago that we kind of gave up in some ways for you know a physical world that really you know trying to take it i was like i think it's a very exciting time a very positive time um and more and more people are like all right enough i get it so this is about me isn't it like it could be <laughs> you know? and then we all get to do it together we all get to heal together we all get to help together and and redefine a newer you know a newer version um but you know, dark is a little messy in the middle, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little. <laughs> it could be a lot, you know, but uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And I always tell all my guests, you're, wel- you're welcome back on anytime because it's a journey driven podcast. So like, you know, uh, I used to say a year from now uh, or six months from now, um, you know, is a very different place. It seems like six minutes from now is usually a different place to be mm-hmm. in. But you're welcome back on anytime, whether you're in a month or two. Whatever. Thank you so yeah. much, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> It's a nice conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And you let me know when you're here in Tucson or in Arizona, and then I'll, I'll meet you in Tucson. And uh, for everybody listening, at Chris underscore Dyer, D-Y-E-R, at Chris underscore Dyer. From there, you can pretty much get access to everything else. But galacticgang.com, which is where the NFT project happened. You can probably still get into the Discord in there. Really great community in there. Um, and you can go to positivecreations.ca or positivecreations.net. For the shop, um, you know, please support, uh, you know, Chris in any way possible by going to his work and just, uh, you know, whether it's a conversation or you like his work uh, and you want to acquire it. But um, I always say, like, you know, we're all like we're all in this community together and crossing communities and all this stuff. So, um, you know, he's busy. But if you DM him, he may get back to you. Um, just I always tell people I always tell the audience, I'm like, not that you guys would ever not be appropriate, but, you know, be appropriate. Know that, you know, people are always busy. And if they can get back to you, they will. You know, I always try to bring on just really great interactive guests uh, such as yourself, you know, and um, and yeah. Um, and so. Chris, thank you again, truly, brother. Uh, honored to connect with you and, and continue to be um, uh, learning about your work, acquiring your work, interacting with your work, and interacting with your community. I'm grateful. Thanks, yeah. Matt. It was really nice. Absolutely. Everybody listening, again, thank you guys for tuning in. For Chris Dyer, for myself, Matt Goddessman, thank you guys truly for all of the feedback and the ratings and reviews. They mean a lot. Um, and uh, most importantly, I love this community that we're cultivating here constantly. Uh, appreciate you guys for the hustle sold separately. We're out.